Riley Hill 90210 presents 1990. It's been over a decade since punk rock was introduced with a bang by Bill Grundy. Music has evolved from the Ramones and the Sex Pistols to James and the Happy Mondays, from Kraftwerk to 808 State. Bands have come and gone, The Clash, The Farmer's Boys, The Smiths, while others remain. Cabaret Voltaire, The Cure, New Order. And so 1990 sees the start of a new decade. I'm still living in Cheltenham at the same job I had upon leaving school seven years earlier. I'm probably partying too hard, but I was in my early 20s, so it would have been rude not to. The Iron Curtain is, if not completely dragged wide open, certainly pulled aside halfway with disobedient children mischievously peeking through. At home, like the Iron Curtain, the Iron Lady sees challenges that appear to signal the beginning of the end. The build-up of violence at football matches saw an increased caging in of fans which resulted in the tragedy at Hillsborough. Apartheid remains, but in South Africa, just as elsewhere in the world, you can feel change coming. And so, at the start of a new chapter, here's where the story begins. South Africa, today at a Surrey hotel, it took scarcely a handful. Listen to the wishes of the majority of the people of South Africa, that you understand that you are being paid by the apartheid regime in South Africa, that they are subsidising this tour. Photo session abandoned, next for interruption, the press conference. I'm sure there'll be demonstrations when we How get out there. Pain, you must be going in. How much of the pain is it going to South Africa? What's the blood money like in South Africa? Words like been decided are the following. The prohibition of the African National Congress, the Pan-Africanist Congress, the South African Communist Party and a number of subsidiary organizations is being rescinded. Spoken, to be broken, feelings are 
issuance of my opening address to Parliament. I am now in a position to announce that Mr. Nelson Mandela will be released at the Victor Verstaat prison on Sunday the 11th of February at about 3 p.m. Mr. Mandela, Mr. Nelson Mandela, a free man taking his first steps into a new South Africa. More than a quarter of a million people came here in the center of Cape Town, hoping to hear Mandela's first public address. I return to Sower to fills my heart with joy. At the same time, I also return with a deep sense of sadness. Sadness to learn that you are still suffering under an inhuman system. Seriously exciting times, brutal fascistic societies collapsing everywhere. Romania has rejected its murderous government. Panama's brutal regime is pretty is over. I mean, pretty soon, Mike Gatting won't have anywhere left to play cricket. Of course, the greatest news of the week was the release of Nelson Mandela, which inspired the entire world. Unfortunately, the ungrateful so-and-so ruined it for Mrs. Thatcher by refusing to renounce the struggle. She said she was disappointed. <laughs> Apartheid is still in place. What did Mrs. Thatcher expect him to say? Thank you, Massa, as a poor black sinner. <laughs> Give her a chorus of old man river and volunteer for a retirement job picking cotton. Last week, after a dynasty, I had crow's feet under my eyes. Hey, two days for getting high. Got pasted in a bar 
the number. Control! Yeah, what's happening, Gushy? He's leaping! Ziggy said no, but Sam's leaping! He can't leap, we're not ready. Tell Sam that! We did it. Did what? I can't remember. I can't remember anything. Who am I? Where am I? I'll put the coffee on Tom. Oh, boy. As the snow's On a cold and gray Chicago corner, a little baby child is born in the ghetto. There's one thing she don't need is another hungry mouth to feed in the ghetto. As the snow flies, as the snow flies. Let me try something with this. God is his son, and his son is God. But his son moonlights as a Holy Ghost, a Holy Spirit, and a dove, and they all sent each other, even though they're all one and the same thing. Got it. What? You really could be a nun. Thanks. Wait, what I said, does that make any sense to you? Well, no. No, it makes no sense to anybody. That's why you have to believe it. That's why you have to faith. I mean, if it made sense, it wouldn't have to be a religion, would it? I'm your only friend, I'm not your only friend, but I'm a little glowing friend, but really, I'm not actually your friend, but I am. There's a picture opposite me of my primitive ancestry, which stood on rocky shores and kept the beaches shipwreck free. Though I respect that a lot, I'd be fired if that were my job. After killing Jason off and countless screaming Argonauts Who bird of friendliness like guardian angels It's always near New canary in the outlet by the light switch Who watches over you Make a little birdhouse in your soul Not to put too fine a bond on it Say I'm the only bee in your bonnet Make a little birdhouse in your soul While you're at it Leave the night light on inside the bird to put too fine a point on it Say I'm the only bee in your bonnet Make a little birdhouse in your soul More than a hundred people have been injured tonight in serious rioting across central London. What began as a peaceful mass demonstration against the poll tax by more than 50,000 people ended in violence. Cars have been overturned and burnt, shops looted, and more than 300 people have been arrested. The trouble is still going on.
Thursday before midday, officers clad in riot gear assembled in force within the prison grounds. The authorities had seen the gestures of defiance, including one man smoking a cigar, and realized this was not the day for a mass surrender. To the left of the central rotunda building is the gutted A-wing block. It's there that the rioters have made their stronghold, smashing out stairways and building booby-trapped barricades. Tonight, after negotiations collapsed, Paul Taylor and his men returned to the roof. The authorities, however, hope they can restart talks tomorrow. Look at him shouting out loud as thunder out at sea. He wants a bomb, so do we. A bomb from the sky is the perfect crime. Shoulder on shoulder and he's the Beatles and the Stones. Suck the marrow out of bone. Put the V in Vietnam, the Beatles and the Stones made it good to be alone. Look at me, proud of being, proud of being 17, locked in the park and a smile. The Agriculture Minister, John Gummer, today enrolled his daughter, Cordelia, in his campaign to persuade people that eating beef is safe. But later he munched it himself to prove to the world that he at least is confident there's nothing to worry about. When you've got the clear support of the scientists who deal with these matters, the clear support of the Department of Health, the clear action of the government, there is no need for people to be worried, and I can say perfectly honestly that I shall go on eating beef because my children will go on eating beef because there is no need to be worried. We talk about it all night long. We define our moral ground. But when I crawl into your arms... These pictures were taken at the worst disaster in 1990. Thousands of Muslims died in a stampede that followed a fire in a pedestrian tunnel in Mecca. Come sail your ships around me and burn your bridges down. We make a little history, baby, every time you come. Never forget it, really. I knew there was quite a bit of deep suspicion on a, a woman taking on such a mantle, and I was very concerned. I was in awe of people like Frank and, and, and Dares and yourself, and of course David Coleman. And, and to be sitting in that chair and hear that music going um, that you've watched since you were a tiny kid and, and, and loved um, was a little bit daunting. Television. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Listen, you might as well laugh now because I don't get any fun here. Yes, this is the word, the music and entertainment show created to bridge the gap between infancy and adultery.
difference between he and Gorbachev is one of approach. The president wants to preserve the system, to preserve the immense bureaucracy and the party structure, whereas I believe we'll never have a better life under the old system. Therefore, the system must be dismantled and a democratic union of republics with a collective leadership should be created. Think I'm stupid? Ah! You remember our wedding? Was implanted by the agency. Falling in love? Implanted. Our friends my job eight years together. Suppose all of this was implanted too? The job's real. The agency set it up. They erased your identity and implanted a new one. I was written in as your wife so that I could watch you and make sure the erasure took. Sorry, Quaid. Your whole life is just a dream. in third position and Derek Bell was in the crew of the Porsche which finished in fourth position. Nine laps behind the winning Jaguar. Husband don't know what he's done. Kids don't know what's wrong with mum. She can't see, they can't see. Putting it down to another bad day. Daddy don't know what he's done. Kids don't so this is how it feels to be lonely This is how it feels to be small This is how it feels when your word means nothing at all Black car drives through the town Some guy from the top estate Left a note for a local girl 
yet she had it all on a plate. So this is how it feels to be lonely. This is how it feels to be small. This is how it feels when your word means nothing at all. Imelda Marcos, the widow of the deposed president of the Philippines, Ferdinand Marcos, has been cleared of charges of racketeering and fraud. The trial began in March and the jury took five days to reach their decision. In New York tonight, some jurors have criticized the evidence put forward by the government. We thought they did a terrible, terrible job, said one. There was a time that rock and roll was easy, but now it's absolutely Yesterday evening, the trophy holders Argentina, Maradona and all opened up against one of the outsiders, Cameroon. Well, here's a free kick for Cameroon. Up goes... And here is a moment that almost brings tears to his eyes.
this time. Here goes Wobble. Oh dear, it's West Germany. The favourites have got through by the narrowest of margins. They've reached the third consecutive World Cup final. And England's dreams of emulating their achievements of 1966 ended by penalty failure. It's that time again when I lose my friends, go walk about. I've got the bends from pressure. This is a testing time when the choice is mine. Am I a fool for love or foolish for Minister Colin Moynihan, who was in Italy for the World Cup, is now preparing a report on the fans' behaviour for European football's governing body, UEFA, which meets in Geneva on Tuesday. He won't say what's in the report, but he's expected to recommend that two English clubs should play in Europe next season.
Conservative MP Ian Gow has been killed by a car bomb at his home in Sussex. The influential backbencher was driving his car out of a carport when it exploded. Ian Gow is the third Tory MP to be killed by bombers and a fearless opponent of the IRA. The campaign is totally futile, is causing great misery and it will never, never win. A very outspoken about about football throughout your time. I mean, you, you mean, what do you think of Gaza, for instance? I think he's a very talented player, but he's not in the same class as me. Second, Iraqi troops crossed the border into Kuwait, and its army of just 20,000 men was swept aside in a matter of hours by a force of tanks and infantry battle-hardened by their eight-year war against Iraq. The chills that you spill up my back keep me filled with satisfaction when we're done. Satisfaction of what's to come. violates every norm of international law.
could be on the brink of a full-scale war. Marvellous, isn't it? Hmm? What? Well, well, this sort of crisis, this sort of crisis is the ultimate challenge for any decent newsreader. You furrow the eyebrows slightly, you drop the voice, an extra semitone, and you say, good evening. Tonight the world stands on the brink of war. You scare the whole country shitless. <laughs> now, that is real news reading, not poncing around behind the Queen Mother, smelling a bloody rhododendron. <laughs> Dictator President Saddam Hussein has appeared with a group of 20 Britons, including children, in a special Iraqi television program. He told them they were his guests and that they were helping to prevent war. with the forces of more than 20 other nations. Our objectives in the Persian Gulf are clear. Our goals defined and familiar. Iraq must withdraw from Kuwait completely, immediately, and without condition. All right, stop, collaborate, and listen. I sit back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. The lights and I'll glow to the extreme. I rock a mic like a vandal, light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance, crush the speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly when I play a dope melody. Anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it. You better gain weight. You better hit bulls out of kid. Don't play. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. to write a 10-minute epic poem to celebrate the grand opening of Radio 5. Oh, that's, yeah, they asked me to do that. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, Trev, they've been around asking everyone. They were desperate. I think they even asked Frank Bob. You know, at one point, they were on the verge of upping the fee to £1.50. £1.50? Yeah. I knew I should have held out that extra 25 pence. I mean, <laughs> well, not, not, it's not the money, is it? Um, it's, it's the glory, and uh, my words will be the first to grace the airwaves of... BBC Radio 5.
50 years ago this weekend, Britain was locked in the climax of a desperate battle for survival. And this underground room was one of the key nerve centers which decided the outcome. From here, the squadrons defending London and the southeast of England were scrambled and vectored to face appalling odds in what was to become known as the Battle of Britain. £27 and 99 pounds. That's um, my life as a prostitute by your mum. I see. See a, a pond or a lake or a very, very large puddle? Yes. That's your bed, that is. <laughs> You're on the front cover of Bedwetters Monthly. You know men who put fruit up each other's bottom? Yes. Oh, you do? Yeah. Jimmy Hill, put us off our dinner. Uh, um, uh, now that the BBC doesn't cover uh, football league matches, uh, Jimmy Hill has to supplement his income um, by doing a cabaret sex act with a pony. There's nothing left. Morning from Berlin on the day the last scar of the Second World War was healed. It's seven o'clock on Wednesday, the third of October. This morning, Germany is one nation again. Suicide blonde with the color of a hair, like a cheap distraction for a new affair. She knew it would finish before it began.
315. Great Northern Hotel up here in Twin Peaks. Slept pretty well. Non-smoking room, there's no tobacco smell. That's a nice consideration for the business traveler. A hint of Douglas fir needles in the air. As Sheriff Truman indicated they would, everything this hotel promised, they've delivered. Clean, reasonably priced accommodations. But the true test of any hotel, as you well know, Diane, is that morning cup of coffee, which I'll be getting back to you about within a half hour. hoping to fly home from Iraq tomorrow Tuesday with British hostages. The former Prime Minister was told by President Saddam Hussein that an unspecified number will be freed. Who they are is expected to be known later today. For three hours at the Presidential Palace, Edward Heath and Saddam Hussein discussed the plight of British hostages and the dangers of the Gulf crisis. Go, how much for it and I'll get for it? Well, I was talking to a fat bloke down the pub last night. Nice bloke. Yeah, nice bloke. Nice and fat. Only me. <laughs> Hello, Dad. Just thought I'd pop round and have a look at your new place. I'm not stopping, no. Won't even take me coat off. <laughs> so, this your new house, is it? Yeah, that's right. Not very nice, is it? You don't want to live here. You want to live in Endon near me.
I have to say, Mr. Speaker, that I find Winston Churchill's perception a good deal more convincing and more encouraging for the interest of our nation than the nightmare image sometimes conjured up by my right honourable friend, who seems sometimes to look out upon a continent that is positively teeming with ill-intentioned people, scheming, in her words, to extinguish democracy, to dissolve our national identity, to lead us through the back door into a federal Europe. What kind of vision is that, Mr. Speaker, for our business people who trade there each day, for our financiers who seek to make London the money capital of Europe, or for all the young people of today? I want to kiss you in Paris. The battle for the leadership of the Conservative Party began in earnest today with Mrs Thatcher insisting she would still be Prime Minister after next week's contest. Nominations closed at midday with Michael Heseltine, as expected, her only challenger. Wanting, needing, waiting for you to justify my love. Mrs Thatcher failed to win an outright victory in the Conservative Party leadership election. She and Michael Heseltine have both already said they'll stand again in a second ballot next Tuesday. Okay. Less than 24 hours after she vowed to fight on and fight to win, the Prime Minister gave way to the growing pressure within her party and agreed to withdraw from the leadership election. No, we're never gonna survive. will go to Buckingham Palace at half past ten tomorrow morning and return to Downing Street as the youngest Prime Minister this century. At 47, after only 11 years in Parliament, he won today's Conservative Party leadership election. is a house and a home as well as an office and as Margaret Thatcher left it after so long there was applause to be heard and I'm told a tear or two shed among the unseen staff Mrs Thatcher's own voice had an emotional edge to it. Ladies and gentlemen we're leaving Downing Street for the last time after 11 and a half wonderful years and we're very happy that we leave the United Kingdom in a very very much better state than when we came here 11 and a half years ago.
would not believe it, ladies and gentlemen, up the back just now, Cliff Mitchellbar. Running, bobbing along with this little uh, like wheelbarrow full of yoghurt, all these tiny little witches hovering above it. We've got a family of trained puffins who are going to be driving a... They're going to be driving a, a vintage traction engine over some really nice, delicious, fresh olives <laughs> without crushing their mind, and they're going to be reversing it back through the smallest keyhole in Britain. Can I kick it? 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 Well, I'm gone. Can I kick it? To all the people who can quest like a tribe does. Before this, did you really know what I was? Comprehend to the track force. Why? Cause getting mentions on the tip of the vibe was. Rock and roll to the beat of the funk fuzz. Wipe your feet really good on the rhythm rug. If you feel the urge to freak, do the jitterbug. Come and spread your arms if you really need a hug. Afrocentric living is a big shrug. A life filled with. That's what I love. A lower plateau is what we're above. If you diss us, we won't even think of. We'll nip of the dog and give a big shove. This rhythm really fits like a snug glove. Like a box of positives, it's a plus love. As the trial flies high like a dove. Words Americans have been hoping to hear. The hostages, Saddam Hussein's guests, may be coming home. There are more than 6,000 Western and Japanese citizens still detained or hiding in Iraq and Kuwait. 930 of them Americans. This morning, Hussein announced they will be free to leave, maybe within days. The Voice of America has already started telling them preparations are underway. The administration called it a welcome and significant development, a sign that the international pressure on Iraq is working. I think Monsieur Cosette's going to go through to the English side first. I don't think that's quite on the agenda, but uh, it looks as if he's going to, to say hello to his English counterparts. Rather inelegant view of a French tunneler there. with those veterans of the comedy front, Dad's Army, on the march in 50 minutes. Until then, the jokes are classic Christmas crackers from the repertoire of the two Ronnies. Now, 
1990 draws to a close, and a new decade is up and running. There are new beginnings. John Major has replaced Margaret Thatcher as Prime Minister, and British football teams have been welcomed back into European competitions. There are loose ends to tie up as well. Changes coming to South Africa, and Iraq has invaded Kuwait with so far a measured response from the West. Meanwhile, after revolution in Romania and Czechoslovakia, and the reunification of Germany, there are continued rumblings throughout Eastern Europe. In the next episode, it's 1991, and with music from Massive Attack, R.E.M., Gary Clail, Moby, U2, Living Colour and The Shaman, answers will be provided to unanswered questions. Will John Major move every mountain in British politics? Will love rear its ugly head in the Middle East? Will Charlton Town complete their unfinished symphony and win promotion to the Football League? All will be revealed next time, so I hope you can join me then. Thanks for listening. Be seeing you.